Hey, what's up, guys? It's your boy Fenyo. This is the Early Pin Podcast. We're here to talk about MMA. So I'll run through two events that were not that big that happened over this last weekend because we had no UFC. I'll run through a bunch of fight announcements that happened. Uh, a lot, a lot of them. So I'll give you my reactions on that. And then we'll preview the next event that is uh, the fight night between Randolson against Bobby Green. Um, let's talk first about one. One FC had. Uh, I mean, they're not called One FC anymore, but yeah, one. Uh, they have a fight night uh, headlined by an MMA fight between Stamford Dix and Siohi Ham. Uh, we had a few grappling, Muay Thai, kickboxing. You know the drill. Uh, I just touched on a few of the MMA fights. Uh, I thought Edward Foylian versus Samir Khan was like an okay fight. Uh, commentary booth was very annoying. Um, they were very in favor of American. They were basically talking shit on Foleyang. was very weird. They were saying he was old, he was not touching him, he didn't have his timing, blah, blah, blah. I thought it was a kind of close fight that American was edging a little bit, but I thought Foleyang was doing all right. And then Foleyang on the third round just pushes American to the cage, uh, puts the combination together, ends with a super wide overhand-esque left hook, puts him out cold so very good for Foliang to to prove the commentary team wrong uh, if i'm saying that that last name Foliang wrong please someone tell me how it, it is said. i'm not very familiar with with uh philippine uh pronunciation we have a few like depressing muay thai fights we have a uh, muay thai versus mma champions from one we have wonder girl against Jing Yang Chong uh, in a boxing fight with MMA gloves but shoes inside a cage it was very weird. Now uh, we have grappling as usual, you know the drill with uh, with one. But let's talk about the MMA. We have John Lineker against Stefan Lohmann. Um, weird fight, Lineker not finding as aggressive as usual because Lohmann was doing good stuff from southpaw to keeping him away with the kicking, uh, jabbing him, and uh, shooting for takedowns. Uh, but then Lineker just like got a bit more aggressive, not super like old school Lineker aggressive and like trying to put the white hooks combination together, finishing to the body and he was starting to to find Loman a lot. Then he found uh, himself in top position, I don't remember if it was like, it was like a counter takedown I think, like uh, Loman shoot for a takedown and Lineker ended up top position. So yeah, I mean, good win for Lineker, um, he's obviously very past it, but even here shows, because Roman here looks solid, and I think Lineker is still, like, one of the best guys, especially in one, like, obviously he's not going to win the title again, uh, the last two fights against uh, the champ uh, showed that he doesn't have any him anymore, but he's still a very tough fight for anyone. And then the main event, we have Stamp against Siohi Ham, uh, Hamderley. Mm, interesting fight. Uh, I, I was expecting uh, Ham to be a bit more aggressive and insist more on the wrestling. She was trying to, to, to like push forward, draw counters. I mean, draw something to counter here. Uh, Stan Fertex was the one playing, despite being the orthodox fighter. She was the one playing like the the double attack, uh, subtle thing, obviously from the, from orthodox. But she was like pairing the. Especially, she was doing like most of stuff off the right kick, throwing the right kick uh, either high or to the body and punching off that. At uh, one moment in the second round, Siohi Ham catches her after the a kick 
and puts her down, a decent uh, knockdown there. Uh, couldn't accomplish much from bottom position, to be fair, Fairtex looked competent from bottom. And then on the third round, uh, Fairtex uh, throws a uh, straight right uh, to the solar plexus. That really hurts Siahi Ham, she was moving backwards. And then she throws a very compact, very brutal right hook to the right side. We don't see those hurting people very often in MMA, usually the liver side. But yeah, from here, from the spinning side, a very hard connection put her out. So good for fair, for Stamp, man. Um, very impressive. Uh, I do not buy like she's one of the, like, the greatest uh, female uh, combat sports athlete. Obviously, I don't think she's the best in MMA at all. Not nearly... Not at all. Uh, kickboxing and Muay Thai, to be honest, I'm not super deep into the women's uh, divisions there. But I don't know. I, I like Stamp a lot. I think she's very good. Uh, this was a good performance. I I love seeing her do her stuff. But like the best of the world, just because she has like three different titles. I'm not sure, man. Uh, I don't think I agree with that. But yeah, I mean, it was fun. Uh, the main event was good. And the other event this weekend was a PFL Europe. This one was a drag, man. This was uh, 12 fights, but the, the pacing was was worse than the UFC has added worse and with worse fights. Um, what what did I watch here? Uh, Dylan took that ir Irish guy that looks like Nate Diaz, uh, <laughs> got shoot up, but this uh, Polish dude, Kasuba, um, Kasuba put on a, on a good performance there. That was, that was all right. Uh, Franz Lambo from South Africa fought uh, Mokhtar Benkasi. Um, that was that was alright. I, I thought Benkasi maybe won the fight, but but it was it was a decent scrap. Uh, mostly Benkasi pressured him with very low volume, and Lambo on the back foot like throwing a, a bit more volume, but but the connect the damage was very close. I think. Um, what it, what else we had here? Um, Oh, uh, Staropoli, Laureano Staropoli put on a very good performance against uh, Natjombe. Uh, there was a catch weight at 180, and Staropoli was just doing the pressure. Natjombe was looking to, to throw hard on the outside circle against uh, near the cage. Uh, many of us thought he was going to tire a fighter like that, and that was the case. He got very tired. But Staropoli not doing a great pr uh, job pressuring early, but I think he was he was being conservative because Najomba, you can tell, very athletic, very powerful. So he was just working him out, uh, waiting for him to get tired on his own, and that happened. So props to Staropoli for a good performance there. What else we had? Um, this girl, like English Russian girl, Dakota Dicheva, was like super hyped going into this fight. She looked alright, but I don't know. It was a decent performance, to be honest, especially because she was fighting like a grappler that did not want to do anything else. Uh, most of the other fights were not uh, anything to write home about. And then everyone was here for the main event and the co-main event. The co-main event had Abdul Abduragimov, better known as the Lazy King, against a late replacement in Brad Wheeler, a British guy coming into the fight with a 18 and 13 record, so not great. Uh, but he was doing a good job of boxing uh, the Lazy King early, you know, especially going jab to the body, surprising him with the overhand up uh, on top. But that the Ragimov did his thing, uh, very like super efficient uh, takedown. You know that's the Lazy King style. 
Um, and then the end of the fight comes as he threatens with the arm triangle, but Wheeler does the thing that he grabs his own leg. And then uh, Abdurragimov used that against him to rotate him, take it back, close the rear naked choke. So yeah, good stuff because uh, Wheeler uh, apparently uh, a black belt in Jiu-Jitsu. So yeah, I mean, good good for the Lazy King, man. Uh, but but I don't know. And then the main event, uh, Dumbe, Cedric Dumbe, former kickboxer, uh, for Jordan Sibo, and opening like seven seconds of the of the first round, Sibo throws a head kick. Dumbe catches the leg kick uh, with the with the same side arm, throws a leg kick, releases, catches him with that brutal monster left hook. If you have seen Dumbe fight before, you know how he left hook. It's not the prettiest left hook, but it's so fucking brutal. So much weight transfers on that, and he put him out for sure. Uh, Dumbe had the whole stadium crazy. Uh, we you had Mbappe and other players from Paris Saint Germain and uh, the and the fans uh, national selection national team for for soccer football. Uh, so yeah, I mean Dumbe looking like a fucking star in here. But but hot take, I kind of understand why the UFC didn't uh, sign him. I mean they signed him for ship. I mean and, and I'm not saying that I agree with the UFC. I with the UFC. I think the UFC are very ship. They're a, a very bad company with their practices. I'm just saying from a, from their point of view, I understand. Like, the PFL offered like like 150k for Dumbe per fight. And the UFC probably did not want to pay Dumbe that to fight low-level guys to, to figure out if he was good at all. Uh, Adesanya and Pereira just took the bad contract from the UFC and obviously they later renegotiated re their contracts and they're probably getting paid decently. Uh, I'm probably pretty sure not Pereira, not Adesanya are getting compensated, compensated. especially Adesanya, they're not getting compensated as they deserve. They are like super high level fighters, they're, they're like not not huge draws. I mean, Alessandra is a pretty decent draw, so I think he deserves a lot more. And yeah, Dumbe has the potential to be a star, but uh, being a, a little bit more cynical here, we don't know if he's good at MMA yet. Uh, this was not a test at all. So I understand why the UFC doesn't want to sign this guy and make him fight like Orion Cozy or something like that. Um, and paying him so much money and maybe he just loses. Uh, the, the potential to be a star is there. I mean, he's a huge knockout threat and the Frenchman love him. He has an exciting style, but maybe he just get wrestled, you know? Like, I'm not I'm not hating on Dubai. I hope he's good, especially because welterweight needs better fighters. And I always want uh, good fighters outside the UFC to succeed. It's, it's better for the sport, I think. But yeah, I mean, I'm not sure. Uh, was it worth the wait to see the co-main and the main event? Not really. Uh, you can see the gif of both both of those fights and you get the idea. Uh, neither of them were fighting uh, an interesting opponent. So, yeah, I mean, a lot of people were super high for this card. Oh, PFL Europe is the best card this weekend. I don't know, man. I don't know. I, I thought the, the main event from, from one was more interesting than either of these fights. Not because Stamp is a better fighter than Dumbe or, or Abdurakimov. Just because they were on interesting fights against uh, fighters that they were super supposed to beat, so... Make, make out of that whatever you want. Uh, 
Let's get into some fight announcements. These are in no order in particular, but a lot of these are very interesting. Casey O'Neill is bouncing back after losing for the first time in, his, in her career, I think. She's fighting Ariane Lipsky. Lipsky, I think, has looked very improved in her last few right outings. And O'Neill, not that good of a striker. I mean, she's decent, she's smart, but she doesn't have a lot of depth. I think Lipsky has most, more resources, even though she's kind of rough. But she's powerful and she's very disciplined. Now she goes to the body, she's taking more angles. Uh, I think Klipski is a very good challenge. I think Casey O'Neill should try to take this one to the ground. But Lipsky is strong. Is she's athletic? So yeah, I mean this one is very interesting. If you if you booked this one like two years ago, I would, me and a lot of other people in in MMA would have said something like, "Oh, Casey O'Neill is going to fucking murder Adrian Lipsky." But I don't think that's the case anymore. I think this is a is a good fight. What else? Andre Muniz is fighting the Iron Turtle Union Park. Um, this one is interesting. Uh, I hope Union Park wins. He has been looking very solid lately. I like that he's like a, a guy that fights behind the jab, turns out, turns up the pressure when when he sees the opponent is is failing. He has very solid top control and Muniz for as dangerous as he is with his armbar uh, during transitions. Uh, his, his fundamental jiu-jitsu is not that great. So I think if Junjo Park starts putting the jab together, start working him and he drops him, Junjo Park can easily get on top position and get the rear naked choke here. So watch out for that. Uh, Irene Aldana is fighting Carol Hosa. This is an interesting fight between strikers at 135. And remember 135 is right open because Amanda retired, so yeah, I mean, this one is an interesting fight. Uh, Irene, obviously, terrible performance against Amanda Nunez. You know you know what's my position in that fight. I think Aldana did not fight her abilities. It, it was not, I think, that she was not ready for Nunez. I, I think she did not show up for the fight, so this is her redemption opportunity, but it's, it is not against an easy opponent like Carol Hossa is well-rounded, has pop of her own. So yeah, I mean, this one could be interesting. We have Tabata Ricci versus Lupi Godinez here. Interesting fight between like athletic wrestlers. Um, hoping Lupi Godinez wins here just because she's more exciting. Uh, Tabata Ricci is very solid, but yeah, she's boring, man. <laughs> she's not fun to watch. And Lupi Godinez on the other side, um, She's very fun to watch, so yeah. Uh, hopefully these girls get into some crazy scrambles. Uh, Godinas makes Tabatarishi bang on the feet, maybe. But but an interesting fight and an important fight at 115. Like for the for the second half of the top 15, this is very very important. We have Suma Derji versus Alan Nascimento. This one should bang as well. Fight between long boys. Nascimento, you know, has a crazy guard game. Uh, Sumaderji obviously very dangerous with the hands, um, but he has been submitted in the past. But yeah, I mean, for fly flyweight, flyweight is shallow, but almost every fight that you can make is fun, at least fun, and this one is very fun, I think. Uh, Joe Soleki fights Drakkar close, and this one is interesting. Um, Soleki is solid grappler uh, and super well-rounded. Uh, Drakkar Close is also well-rounded, but he's more of a... I don't know, he's very good in the clinch, uh, he has solid, he's very annoying to fight everywhere, and Drakkar Close has 
has looked more damaging in the feet lately, so yeah, I think I think clothes could be trouble for Soleiki. I don't see Soleiki like constantly taking Dragar clothes down. And Dragar clothes, you know, he has that MMA lab grappling that it's very effective to get back to the feet, uh, to create some scrambles. So, so something to watch out that MMA lab has been paying for lately, kinda. Not in the O'Malley Sterling fight though. That was like the fight we were all expecting. But yeah, the MMA lab guys turned their back a lot and Soleiki has a good back take and good rear naked choke so maybe watch out for that in this one. Uh, other than that I expect close to to have like an advantage especially in, in the clinch and on the feet like him being like an annoying southpaw can maybe throw Soleiki off. We have this one is very good like Nassim Sadikov versus Vyacheslav Borshev. This one is going to be fire. Uh, Sadikov maybe is going to mix up some takedowns here. I think he would be well advised. Uh, Borshev, his wrestling, I'm not sure how much he has progressed there. I mean, he's with Team Alpha Male, so who knows. But on the feet, this one should be uh, absolute fireworks. Very excited for this one. Uh, what else we have? Andrei Arlovsky is fighting Waldo Cortez Acosta. Acosta coming off of his first like big UFC knockout after being a super boring guy. Arlovsky not a great leg kicker so I think Waldo Cortez Acosta is going to to pass the Arlovsky test here to be honest. I mean he fights solidly behind the jab, doesn't do a lot of stupid shit. The problem with Acosta is that he's kind of boring uh, so he can be put in danger against dangerous fighters and the other problem is that he's super leg kickable. He has been hurt to the legs by almost everyone. But yeah, Arlovsky does not have a good leg kick. He's going to throw leg kicks here for sure, but he's not going to damage Acosta's leg, I think. And Acosta is just going to jab with him. Uh, Arlovsky, I don't expect to have so a lot of success with his blitzes and having the jab advantage that he won't have here. So, And he's also like just getting older every day, like every human being, obviously. But <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah, I mean, expecting Waldo to win here. Chambray is fighting Kelvin Gastelum. This one is very interesting. Uh, Gastelum obviously dropping down to 170. Uh, we know he can make the weight, but will he? We don't know. Uh, Gastelum claiming like he's a new guy, blah, blah, blah. So who knows? If he stays on the feet, Gastelum is going to shoot him up. But Brady is interesting from the position. Gastelum has never been like super easy to take down, especially on 170, and he's a good scrambler. But he can make mistakes and Brady the kind of grappler that can punish you from making those mistakes, especially with his guillotine, very dangerous guillotine. So excited for this one, not not sure uh, what to expect really, but I'm excited to be honest. Tagir Ulanbekov is fighting Cody Durden at 125 and uh, this one is interesting matchmaking. I mean, Durden, he gets tired but he pushes a fucking pace and the grapples and, and the striking has looked super super all right by Durden to be honest uh, so this will be interesting very interesting to see if Ulanbekov can like match him in the pace department uh, because if he can like Durden you know he gets tired he still wins but he gets tired on the third because he just fights like insane pace both on the feet and with the grappling with the takedown attempts with the uh, taking the his opponent back down to the mat uh, the mat returns that's what I wanted to say uh, so yeah I mean well, Bekov maybe like a technical edge on the feet, but I think Durden like it's a bit of a bigger hitter, puts more of a pace, 
and the grappling should be very interesting to see on this one. Vicente Luque is fighting Ian Gary. Uh, interesting because both guys are for um, Killcliffe, formerly uh, Sanford MMA, formerly uh, Black Sillians and like the Juco Training Center and <laughs> 10,000 other names, but yeah. Um, I'm guessing Gary is doing his camp uh, somewhere else. Uh, to be honest, I don't like this fight for old Vicente Luque. I think he's going to get chewed up. Uh, Luque has the left hook and Gary has looked vulnerable in the pocket in the past. So maybe, but I, I think Luque is not even like a super big hitter anymore. So yeah, this one should be an easy win for Gary here. Clay Guida is fighting Neto BJJ, Joaquim Silva. Um, that's alright. I mean, Guida has been looking solid, uh, being old. Uh, had like a boxing renaissance late in his career, to be honest. Uh, Neto BJJ is hard to wrestle, man. And he hits hard, so maybe, maybe I'm siding with Silva here. What else we have? Uros Medic will fight Johnny Parsons. At 170, Parsons coming off his uh, victory against uh, Danny Roberts. Uros Medish coming off his win against Matthew Samuelsberger. This one should be fun, but I think Medish is like a better striker. And Johnny Parsons not a big dude, so Medish probably will have a decent like height and reach advantage here too. So expecting Medish to win here. Rachmanov is fighting a Steven Wonderboy Thompson. This one is very exciting. I hope they fight on the feet. Um, but maybe Rachmanov just takes him down in the clinch and just mauls him from top position. Uh, on the feet, this one could be very interesting. Like Rachmanov has like, like a style that could present some some trouble to Wonderboy. He has like the kick defense, he's very long as Wonderboy and he throws very hard in, on the inside and that could be some trouble for, for Wonderboy. But Wonderboy on his own, like he he has the ability to to maintain a very long pace, fighting longer than even than he is. And maybe he can frustrate Ragmanov from distance. Ragmanov though kinda good at catching kicks and transforming those into takedowns. So yeah I mean interesting fight but I don't think it's like a foregone clock conclusion that Rachmanov wins this one. I'm picking Rachmanov, but but I'll keep my eyes on this fight. Very interesting. Tony Ferguson is fighting Paddy Pimblet and this fucking sucks, man. Paddy's going to win this fight. I mean, uh, Tony has some avenues. His shin look alright against Bobby Green at times, but but yeah, Tony gets a bit tired, I mean, uh, not super tired, but he still gets tired. Uh, he's not hitting as hard anymore. Uh, he has a lot of trouble at distance, like measuring. And so, yeah, I mean, I don't think Tony's very, very well equipped to to punish Pimblet for his flaws. And Pimblet will be like the bigger dude inside the cage, more physical. I don't know, man, then this one looks to be very disappointing, very sad fight. Jared Cannonier is fighting Roman Dolitze here. Oh, good fight for 185. I think Cannonier should be fighting up though, Dolitze. Dolitze hasn't fight since losing to Vettori, right? So they're treating that loss as a, as a win for some reason. 
I know, I, I just want Kainir to win here by a violent knockout, but if Dolitza does some cool stuff on the ground, Esgard, Esgard, whatever weird shit that he likes to do, I'm on board with that too. But Kainir, Kainir is a very good grappler though, like he has that, and once again, he has that MMA lab grappling defense, so do not count him out even if it goes to the ground here. And Canyonier also gets harder to take down as the fights move on, so yeah, good good fight. Jake Matthews is fighting Michael Morales. And I don't know man. I know Matthews a lot more experienced. Uh he has he was Michael Morales many years ago. He was the super young kid, very talented kid, athletic, and now he's fighting that. Uh expecting Morales to I think Morales is not as good as Matthews anywhere, but he's very athletic and he he has... I, I feel like Morales does have that dog in him and Matthews, not sure he has that much of a dog. So maybe this one comes down to just Morales staying on his face, keep coming, being athletic, hurting him. And Matthews not being able to put together the, the better and game plan to win this fight, I'm sure. Uh, but I think Jake Matthews is the more skilled fighter of, of the two and he should win this. Uh, but I think I'm picking Morales. I, I'm, not, I'm not sure I can trust Matthews here. Rob Font will welcome Davison Figueredo to the Bantamweight division. Very cool fight. Uh, I'm expecting Rob Font to win this one. But Figueredo, a uh, huge hitter. I'm expecting, he, I'm expecting him to still be a huge hitter up at 135. And uh, Font, you know, the shin is solid, but but he can be hurt. And War of God is very good at hurting people. So, so yeah, I mean, but it should be exciting. Should be exciting. Khalil Ramsey Jr. is fighting Asamat Mursakhanov, and this one is very good fight for two or five. To be honest, I expect this to be very exciting because Mursakhanov is going to bring the pace. And uh, Roundtree is going to going to have to fight back very hard here. Interesting. Uh, I I think I'm siding with Mursakhanov, but very winnable for Roundtree. I mean, Mursakhanov can be hurt, and Roundtree can hurt people. So that's the that's just math. You know, that's pro math for you. Matt Frebola is fighting Benoit Saint Denis. A lot of people super high on Benoit Saint Denis. I do not like him. I think he fights like a mess. I don't find his it's very interesting or entertaining to be honest uh, obviously he's like an exciting fighter and action fighter he's just not my cup of tea so I'm rooting for for Frebola here and I think Frebola can win this one to be honest but it should be should be fun should be a fun fight I wanted to root harder for Frebola but it, it turns out that Frebola is also, is also like a military guy <laughs> so so yeah I mean Tough luck for me, I guess. Uh, Pantoja is defending his title against Brandon Royval, who he already beat. So the UFC clearly trying to get Royval the, the the title win here. I don't think the UFC likes Pantoja at all. They tried to wait for him to be old to give him a title shot. When he finally gave him a title shot, they were totally expecting him to lose to Moreno. And then he won again. And I think he actually won. I don't think that was a robbery at all. And uh, now he's fighting Royball, and Royball can very much win this fight. Uh, 
he did not win the first round and the first fight and then he got finished on the second but you can tell like the momentum was turning into Royval's favor because he just pushes an, an insane pace. The thing with uh, Royval is that he's not that great of a wrestler uh, defensively. He's a super good grappler but Pantoja can, can grapple with anyone so maybe he can replicate the submission again. Uh, Pantoja obviously can hurt Royval on the feet. He was landing super hard shots early on the first fight. But if it goes long, I gotta go with Royval. But then again, I thought if it goes long against Moreno, I gotta side with Moreno and then Pantoja showed, showed what he's made of. So yeah, rooting super hard for Pantoja here. He's one of my favorites. I'm super, super happy that he's the champion, but, but yeah, man, this one is tough. Even though he won this one already, uh, but, but then again, I thought this the, this same thing against Moreno and he, sh he proved me wrong. I'm hoping he proves me wrong again here. Leon Edwards is fighting Colby. You know, I'll be talking about this one when it comes. Uh, my first read is that, uh, to be honest, I'm not super concerned. Uh, I'm concerned about Leon having a bad night and uh, not showing up. Because if Leon shows up in shape uh, with a good game plan, he should trash Colby coming to man like... There's nothing Colby Covington can really do on this fight. I mean, obviously, he can land a big shot. He can land takedowns if Leon, like, fucks up. But I think if Leon shows up in good shape, this one is super easy for him. I think the Salpa Salpa favors Leon. Leon's uh, takedown defense is very solid. Uh, he, he will punish Colby's bad habits on the feet. Colby is also older than Leon, has been hurt a lot in his last fights. Even Masvidal managed to rock him. So yeah, I just got a side with Leon Edwards here. Jiri uh, Prochaska will fight Alex Pereira for the UFC Light Heavyweight Championship. This one is very silly. Um, I think Prochaska should win this one if he makes he makes in any kind of takedown, to be honest. And even without mixing takedowns, like he's super dynamic and huge and can win any, anyway because Pereira, even without the takedowns, he still is probably going to fight uh, thinking about the takedown and that that showed to be like very weakening to him against uh, Blachowicz. I think uh, Jiri versus Blachowicz would have been a more interesting fight. I mean, this one is going to be exciting, but I, I don't know. I just think uh, Jiri is going to win this one. Hopefully I'm proven wrong because I like Pereira a lot more. Uh, when Pereira gets going and he gets the combination punching, I think it's lovely. I love to see that. And Jiri is a bit of a mess. Can't really like root for him. Uh, he does cool stuff sometimes, but most of the time I just find him annoying. He's obviously very good, like super talented. He has a good eye for fighting. He has heart, toughness and shame for days. He has good conditioning here. So yeah, Prochaska is not an easy fight for anyone. And Prochaska might be the best like heavyweight in the world right now, maybe. But rooting for rooting for Potan here all the way. Uh, Punahele Soriano is fighting Dustin Stoltzfus. Uh, very surprised the UFC is keeping both of these guys. Uh, rooting for Puna here. I think he's cool when he does stuff, but he hasn't been doing stuff lately. <laughs> what else we have? Misha Tate is fighting Julia Avila. Uh, I feel like Julia Avila is going to walk over Misha Tate like Misha is not physical at all anymore and Julia Avila the whole thing is that she's super athletic powerful and fights like a maniac so yeah I mean no, not expecting this one to go well for Misha Shad Angeliger is fighting Jose Johnson Johnson the guy that got twisted by Damon Blackshear 
Shadow Hellier is very cool. He trains with Hakim Dawadu. And I think he's very good, so I'm hoping he wins this fight because I think he's cool. That's all I have to say about that fight. Jonathan Pierce, JSP is fighting Joe Anderson Brito. This one is great. Uh, this one is very good. Uh, interesting to see if Pierce can get his grappling going against Brito, who is a fucking house of a dude, super strong, a decent grappler too. So yeah, I mean, this one should be a war. Uh, Jonathan Spears probably needs this fight to go late and Brito to tire a little bit to get going. Brito's going to be super dangerous early. And finally, Charles Johnson will fight uh, Rafael Esteban, a guy from Contender Series that I do not remember, but Charles Johnson is cool. So I'm looking out for this fight. And that's me talking about like a million announcements. So let's get into the preview for UFC Fight Night. Grant Dawson versus Bobby Green. Uh, main event, it's interesting. Uh, Dawson, you know the grappling is elite. And the wrestling has been looking like more and more solid. The thing with Dawson is that he has gassed in the past. More notably against uh, Ricky Glenn. But also against Jared Gordon. Even though he came back to win that fight by finish on the third round. He was very tired and, and Jordan was taking over the fight. Uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, Dawson looked like a monster, especially in his last two fights against Mark Madsen and Damir Ismagulov, two solid grapplers. I mean, obviously, Mark Madsen, a, f a former uh, Olympian uh, in wrestling, so very impressive from Dawson. And uh, he out hustled him, he got him tired. And um, the top position from Dawson is brutal. And then against uh, Damir, like, a single mistake from Damir got, got Grant Dawson on his back, winning rounds. So, interesting to see. Bobby Green is a good wrestler. Uh, he knows how to actually wrestle. Obviously, he was a good wrestler in high school, in a very competitive state. Um, but we've seen him like do silly mistakes and get hold uh, a little bit. But honestly, he's only like notably like grappling performance that he lost in the last few years what the was against uh Mahachev obviously and then he had a weird fight with um with that this guy uh this guy that just lost to Benoit Saint-Denis the tour guy um but yeah against that one I cannot remember the name guy now I'm go I'm going to have to because I I have the name here, but I can't remember. It was Thiago Moises. Yeah, <laughs> Thiago Moises could not remember it. Uh, I think Bobby Green won against Thiago Moises, but Thiago Moises got a lot of success in the optics department, just pushing him against the fence. And I think Dawson is going to do the same. On the feet, I think Bobby has a big advantage, but Dawson has that, has decent power and can land something. Like Bobby Green depends so much on his reflexes and his size. Uh, he can get caught, so... Yeah, I mean, I'm siding with Grant Dawson, hoping Bobby Green wins this one, because he's one of my favorites. Uh, should be interesting, because Bobby, as I said, he knows how to wrestle, so... And if it goes long, Bobby Green got a bit tired against uh, Ferguson, but he still won the fight by finish on that last round, so... Interesting to see who gets tired first here, and who takes over if it goes long at all. The Coleman event has Joe Pfeiffer versus Abdul Razak Al Hassan. Pfeiffer should win this one, uh, either on the feet or on the ground. Um, he's, a, he's like the best, better fighter of the two right now. Al Hassan obviously always has like a like a puncher's chance because he hits so fucking hard by 
Pfeiffer should win this one. I I think it's time to see Pfeiffer against better opposition right now. Alex Morono versus Buckley is interesting. I think Morono has the tools to control most of this fight, but can he get away from the power of Buckley? I'm not sure. We've seen Morono win this kind of fight in the past uh, against Semmelsberger, for example. Um, even Mickey Gall was hitting him like hard early in his fight. Uh, Buckley has insane power and Buckley has like decent conditioning. And, and like, yeah, like Buckley just runs out of ideas, but he's so dynamic that he sometimes just tries the same thing a, a bunch and it starts working. So, yeah, I mean, interesting, interesting fight, to be honest. I'm not sure who I'm siding with here. Drew Dover is fighting Ricky Glenn. At first sight, this looks like a super easy knockout for Drew Dover, but if it goes long, it's interesting. Ricky Glenn is very crafty everywhere. And he's a damaging guy, he's nasty, and Dover, you know, he's a violence king. So if, if this one goes long, uh, should be a very fun fight. But I'm expecting Dover to win by knockout very early here. Felipe Lins is fighting Iwo Kutelava. I know, uh, Lins looks solid lately. Uh, he puts combinations together, even if it's with terrible form, but he hurts people a lot. He looks in very good condition. Uh, he looks decently quick for division. He's a big dude. Kutelava, uh, I'm, I'm not sure how good the jiu-jitsu from Felipe Lins is. I think he used to be a grappler early in his career at heavyweight, but I'm not sure. Uh, Kutelava looks solid against Tanner Bowser, to be honest, and Tanner Bowser beat uh, Felipe Lins in his last bout at heavyweight. So there's some MMA math for you there, but yeah, expecting Lins to win by knockout. Bill Algio is fighting Alexander Hernandez. This one is very good. This one is like, okay, Hernandez, you failed the Quarantilo test, so let's try again. But this time the test is a bit easier because the Bill Algio fights very similar to his fellow Bill uh, Quarantilo. Uh, a bit non crazy pace as well. Uh, I think Quarantilo is like even more nasty, especially in the clinch with the ground and pound. Uh, with the body kicks, but Aljo is very dangerous too, and he's a nasty dude, he's dangerous, so yeah, I mean, it would be very impressed if Alexander Hernandez manages to win this one. Aljo is no, no joke. Uh, Karina Kovalkiewicz is fighting uh, Diana Balbita. I think Balbita wins this one, to be honest. Uh, she's very similar to current Kovalkiewicz, but she's bigger, <laughs> more athletic. Um, and that's that. Uh, Kovalkiewicz, uh, Belbita, not a lot of depth to to her striking, but she goes to the body hard, and I think that that can make for a lot. Uh, Kovalkiewicz, obviously well-rounded, uh, putting combinations together, sitting on her punches, her right hand is looking career best lately. So who knows? Who knows? Not a not a bad fight to be honest. Even though Carolina is very past it, she she's ten years older than Belbita. But I think Kovalkiewicz has looked like fine lately. I thought she was done for sure when she was in that terrible like losing streak. But moving on to American Top Team uh, has done wonders for her. Not sure if it's just the gym or some crazy vitamins that she's getting in the United States. But either way, I support it. I support it 100%. Chris Gutierrez, my boy, is fighting Montel Jackson. This one has me very nervous. I told you guys when this fight was announced. I'm uh, until Jackson very long. I think I guess 
I have this bad feeling that Jackson is going to to hit Gutierrez when he's kicking. And then on the ground, it's a wash for Jackson, I feel. Gutierrez had the tools for sure to to trouble Montella on the feet, especially with his long kicks, with the knees. I'm not sure I don't like this fight for Gutierrez, to be honest. Johnny Munoz is fighting Aurishi Lang, both coming from very disappointing performances. Aurishi Lang got super knocked out by Ayaman Sahabi. And Johnny Munoz had a bad fight with but Daniel Santos and that requires talent. I think I still think that Johnny Munoz was like injured or something on that fight. But despite those bad performances on their last outings, I think this one should be fun. Both both these guys are usually entertaining to watch. So I I hope they both redeem themselves with a good performance here. Uh, who I'm signing with? I'm thinking Aurishi Lang to be honest. I'm more physical, a bigger hitter to be honest. Uh, Kanako Murata is fighting Vanessa Demopolis. I do not think a lot of this one. I think Murata should win. Uh, Nate Maness is fighting Mateus Mendonca. And, and yeah, both guys dropping from 135. Um, Maness was not a super big uh, bantamweight, but she seems he seems insanely long for, for flyweight. So, yeah, I mean, but... If Nathan S can make the the weight cut the right way, I think he should win this one. But this one is interesting. It's a good fight. It's a good fight. And finally, we have Montana De La Rosa versus JJ Adrich. Uh, this one, one of these girls is a lead replacement, I think. I don't know. I think Aldrich should win this one. She's more physical. Uh, De La Rosa is a good, a good grappler, though. So if she can get a takedown and she's decently bigger than JJ, so maybe something there. And that's the event. I think it's a solid one, to be honest. It's a solid event. Uh, fights to watch out for here. Um, um, Manes versus Mendoza can be, is probably going to be fun, maybe. Uh, I'm expecting Johnny Munoz versus Aurishi Lang to be a fun fight, surprise. Uh, a bit of a surprise there. Gutierrez versus Jackson is an important fight, so you should not miss that one. Uh, Aljo versus Hernandez is going to be exciting, a hundred percent. It's going to be good. Uh, Dover versus Ricky Glenn, especially if he goes past the first round. Uh, Morona versus Buckley is going to be watchable for sure. And then the main event, it's good. It's a good fight. Uh, hopefully, Bobby Green can make some stuff happen. He doesn't get like walked over by Grant Dawson. Uh, that that would make me very sad, to be honest. And uh, yeah, that's the event. That's the podcast. I think. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. And uh, let's get into the the money part. <laughs> that's why I call the the last part of the of the podcast. First of all, I want to remember you, remind you guys, remind you, not remember you, stupid. Remind you guys that. The Early Bloom Podcast is brought to you by X Marshall. X Marshall is a combat sports brand dedicated to supporting the jiu-jitsu community. Their goal is to create a fun training environment with unique and exciting designs and promote the gym culture we all love. X Marshalls offers a range of products including rash guard, shorts, spats, geese, streetwear and training equipment. Use code THEFIGHTSIDE to get a 10% discount on your order now. That's the fight side, all caps, no spaces. And for the best deals and discounts, sign up to their mailing list and follow their socials at XMarshallOfficial. 
Also, if you want to support the fight side as an ongoing project, get access to a lot of exclusive content and also our Discord server full of cool people, you can support us on Patreon. Patreon.com, Patreon uh, the fight site. You can, for only $3, you can get access to the whole thing. And that allows us to keep putting out good content for you guys. And lastly, but not and last but not least, I think that's the saying. Uh, if you want a personalized uh, video breakdown of a three-round fight, you can support me on Coffee only for 25 bucks. I will make you a personalized video of any three-round fight of your choosing, and I'll 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 focus on one of the fighters and I'll tell you the tactics and strategy that they use to win that fight. I can do that for you for only 25 bucks. Uh, incredibly low price. Uh, the first of my commissions was the first of my commissions was uh, by Ryan Wagner. I broke down a fight between Wirapon, a former Muay Thai and Boxing World Champion, against Lang Suan. And it's a very good video, so go watch that. And if you like it, you can get a similar video for only 25 bucks. And that's the podcast, guys. Thank you again to all of you for your support, those that directly support uh, with your money, with your pocket, and also those that just listen to the podcast, just support my content, sharing it, giving my, giving you, giving me your feedback. I'm very grateful for all of you. Thank you guys, and I'll catch you on the next one.